everybody welcome back to terrifying and twisted it's me carla and me phil philip <laughs> episode 25 episode 25 motherfuckers i can't believe we're here we say that every fucking episode no i know but we are nearly a full year in to anyone that's not listened to us before if you have for some reason tuned in and are looking to listen to a professional true crime podcast <laughs> this is not the one turn it off now Far from professional. As we've said before, two fishing chairs. In his bedroom. In his bedroom. We kind of just hit record and go. As long as we've got us brew <laughs> and as long as we're settled. It takes longer getting the fucking kids yeah. settled to start this. That's the only reason that we tend we... to have to pause is because of kids. Yeah, like we, that. that's One our biggest struggle, isn't it? £1.79 on Fortnite or something stupid. Fucking... Travis has just come to us now and decided he's changed his mind about his carol concert and it started in three minutes. <laughs> oh dear. But anyway. So I hope everyone's uh, getting all Christmassy, getting all... Oh, we're not, are we? We love Christmas. Yeah. We've always, since being together, we've really enjoyed Christmas. The whole build-up to it, the whole Christmas period. But I just feel really un-Christmassy this year. Yeah. Maybe it's because we are not we're not prepared, are we? No, not this year. I feel so far behind. But anyway, enough about us. Um, this week for TV programmes... Well, I'm saying this week. Yeah. This time for TV programmes, I've got the true story that we watched with Kevin Hart. Amazing. I love that series. Yeah. Um, Bruised, we watched with Halle Berry on Netflix. Yeah, we did. You didn't rave it, did you? You like, you enjoyed it, but you said it weren't what it lived up to. Everybody were hyping it, weren't they? Yeah. Uh, at the minute, I'm watching Yellowstone. It took me a while to get hold of it, but really enjoying Yellowstone. Um, I watched a series called American Rust on Sky Atlantic, and that's small town murder kind of thing. So, yeah, there's a few there for people to watch. If anyone else has been watching out good, let us know. Yeah, please do. Another reason why I like this time of year is because there's a lot of football on. <laughs> All football. Build up to Christmas football, we love it. And Darts World Championship starts, so looking forward to that. Yeah, we do love darts. Also, side note, we got his first terrifying and twisted Christmas gift from Charmaine. Oh, we did, didn't we? We got a Christmas present. Thank you. It, um, I don't know if anybody's, or if you have... But we've been doing an unsolved case um, that you buy off Amazon. Phil basically got given one for his birthday off our friend, his bedroom wall, which you've probably seen, um, represents some sort of super detective's office. Which we aren't. Far from. Far from. In fact, going back to last episode when we were on about me and you in escape rooms and you just sitting down. We haven't got to that point yet, have we? No. You haven't just said... No, not doing it. We've been all right. We're doing all right. And Charmaine sent us a new one. 
didn't you? As part of our Christmas box. We really appreciate it, so thank you. Thank you. Oh, you want to say before I... Uh... Oh, I have wrote something down. I've just um, been scrolling Facebook before we've hit record. And you remember David Fuller from last case, last episode? Yeah. He has been sentenced today and he's been given a whole life term. So he will literally die in jail. Nice. But it kind of takes the whole part of whole life away when he's as old as he is. And he got away with it for as long as he did. Yeah. He's already had a full life. Were it 32 years he got away with it for? So he's lived his life, yeah. happily married. Yeah. And now he's just been locked away to die. Good. Good. Another one gone. And then obviously, I think we mentioned it on last podcast, was the Arthur thing. Awful. That's still been uh, in media quite a lot. I ended up having to, I, I ended up putting something on Facebook the other day. I stayed away from it because... We'll do another little girl that... I followed Star, Star Hobson yeah. or something. Now, I've mentioned it on quite a few episodes, the Star Hobson case, and I'd lay on a night one hour reading that day's court transcript, and yeah. it was awful to be able to read it as it were unfolding, um, but they've been sentenced today, both found guilty. Um, Mum got found not guilty of murder, but for allowing the death of a daughter. Horrible, 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 horrible people. And then going back to little Arthur, there's obviously been all rumours all over social media, aren't they, about what's been happening to those two inside. Yeah. All I will say is it's not a patch, if it is true, on what the fucking deserve anyway. Yeah. 100%. So, yeah, it's um, your turn to go first this week, Philip. Oh, Is that a big enough stretch for you? Yeah, let me get comfy in my chair. In nice chair. Right, so my case this week is called The Beast of Rupertswil. Okay. Rupertswil is a small town in Switzerland. I would love to go to Switzerland. Yeah, it looks pretty amazing, doesn't it? Yeah. This is the biggest murder case in Swiss history and had the biggest reward ever in Swiss history. It's a beautiful place. I had a look on Google Earth. Right. And it's what... You imagine it to yeah. be. Doesn't have a lot of people. It's got, uh, at this time, I think it had 5,000 people. And it was 30 kilometres from Zurich, which is the largest city in Switzerland. Okay. So, on the morning of December 21st, 2015, a call comes in about a neighbouring property that is on fire to fire brigade at 11.20am. They arrived on scene in less than 10 minutes, broke into the building... And found four bodies on the property burnt to death. To death. Right, can I just say before you carry on, please can you stop rubbing your feet? Fucking hell. <laughs> I can just hear it in my lug. Have you lot heard what I had to put fucking put up with? Come on, carry on. So the police investigation obviously ensued. It was a quiet town, so obviously this yeah. is fucking horrific. So I'll take you to the victims. The first one was the mother, Carla, 48, full name Carla Schauer Freiburg House. Okay. But mother Carla, 48, her son, Dion of 19, her other son, David of 13, and Simona of 21, who was her eldest son's girlfriend. Okay. So, there, so there's your victims. So after this gets found, 
Five months later, the Swiss police had the person dubbed in the media as Beast of Rupperswell. So, how did they come to arrest this fucker? Investigators actually applied to Google to obtain IP addresses of computers from where the victims' names had been searched. Right. According to investigators, it was only thanks to the help of the US search engine that they got on the right track. This person had scouted out all his victims in advance and had found information on the internet, so he left a clear data trail. So, Thomas Nick is an avid dog walker. He loves to walk his dog. And he walks his dogs more or less at the same time every day and often walks past the shower family's house. On the day of the crime, of all times, his cell phone did not connect to the usual transmitter mast. Right. Thomas Nick hadn't gone for a walk that Monday morning as usual. So, at this time, investigators had a suspect but no hard evidence. So, they decided to set a trap for him. According to police sources, they knew Nick was on his way to a place called Arau. It's spelled A-A-R-A-U. And the traffic control was set up between Rupertswill and R-O-H-R-A-G. So they set up a traffic stop. Nick was stopped, subjected to an alcohol test, and had him blowing the tube. This is how the investigators got hold of Thomas Nick's DNA. Oh, well, that, but you this, obtained it legally. This was immediately sent to the laboratory, which was compared with DNA found at the scene and was a direct hit. The arrest took place the next morning. Around 10 police officers stormed a Starbucks branch in Arau and arrested Thomas Nick shortly before 9am, exactly 146 days after the murder. Uh, obviously, we know Thomas Nick had search the victims yeah. on the internet. So, Thomas Nick, no previous confession, uh, no previous convictions. Yeah. This was a £100,000 franc reward for information on this murder. And Thomas Nick, it is Thomas Nick, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Thomas Nick confesses straight away. And it turns out Thomas Nick was also a student youth and football coach and he'd been stalking the family for weeks so this is what happened on the morning of december 21st 2015 he waits for the dad to leave and he calls at the house presenting himself as a school psychologist he manages to trick his way inside and is welcoming to speak with mrs shower then he forces carla with a knife to tie up her son's and Simona, and he sends Carla out for money from her bank accounts. So he's obviously broken and said, I want some fucking money. Yeah. I'm going to kill all your kids. And it said that she took out around 11000 for him. When she returned, Thomas Nick then rapes her 13-year-old boy in front of his family, <gasps> and then he slits the throats with a kitchen knife before setting fire to the home. So he raped... A 13 year old boy in front of his mum and his brother and then slit the throat and then slit the throat he all just seems a little much for some money for some money and for someone that hasn't got any previous yeah, convictions that's, that's what i mean and has got the balls enough to fucking go to someone's house and trick his way in manipulative the thing is as well that creeps me out is not not only did he do that to her son 
but then he slit the throats. Someone's got to have the throat slit first. And someone's so, going last, and someone's watching every yeah, single person. Yeah. No. After the murders, it said that he went home, took a shower, went for a walk with his mum with his dogs. He also went out to a restaurant, to a casino in Zurich. Used, Spending his money. Used the money, bought a few oldies, some clothes. And when he was, was arrested in May 2016, investigators actually found a go bag with weapon and roping. Okay. They never found the original murder weapon because he said that he disposed of it in a nearby city in a bin. It's also found that he was spying on two other families when they arrested him for more victims. And on December 21st, when he went to the shower's house, his bag contained handcuffs, knife, a lighter, masking tape, gloves and sex toys. Sick bastard. It's very bizarre that he's never got any previous convict. He's never been done for anything. And then he's gone to extreme of doing what he's done. And that's not the only family who was stalking either. And when he's arrested, he's stalking two further families. Meaning he obviously was planning to do it again. Yeah. Because he'll have enjoyed it. You know what they say. Them levels and once you've reached that peak. So... Like I've told you, he confessed straight away and he pleads guilty. And he's found guilty of murder, extortion, hostage taking, sexual assault, sexual assault, acts with a child, arsons and many more. He was sentenced to life in prison. The court president, Daniel Auschbeck, said Thomas Nick acted in a primitive, cold-blooded manner and showed no capacity for empathy and was extremely egotistic. Prosecutors said that child pornography was also found on computers at his home. Investigators found the names of 11 boys aged between 11 and 14 wrote in his notebook. Wow. Literally lived a double life, didn't he? Yeah. And it's alleged that he's challenged the verdict after the first trial. Uh, He considered the property tension to be addition to life imprisonment as too high. Yes, imprisonment, but without detention. I don't really know what that means, but you deserve to be in prison for the rest of your fucking life, mate. You raped a 13-year-old boy in front of his family, slit all the throats, and then burnt. I don't think he's going to be living in a perspex box, do you? No. So that's mine, this time. Wow. I'm quite... uh, Just the brutality of it. Yeah, and... For a first crime. Do you think he's um, done things previous to that? Things build, don't they? You'd think so, because... Surely it's not going to start as... Because if that's his first crime, right, let's think about what he did. He, he tricked himself into the house, then he pulled a knife on him, tied him up, then he sent her out for his money. money. That takes a long time. And he's stayed calm and collected yeah. throughout. It's and obviously his, a very thought... That's his first time. That's what I mean. It's a very thought-out plan as well, yeah. though, isn't and it? Then goes, and then obviously burns the property down because he probably thought it'll get rid of all the DNA. Yeah, that's what I mean. The, usually we watch people like this start with smaller crimes, following people, maybe, you know, fondling themselves in the street and then sexually assaulting somebody in the street and then it builds, but... Yeah. That's literally just gone from zero to and one appa- fucking hundred. Apparently he was a youth football coach. Access to all. And, and he obviously has a thing for little Kit, boys. Yeah, yeah. Because he had names of 
boys between 11 and 14. So, I mean, he's obviously just lived a double life, hasn't he? He's gone to work every day, also, lived, lived with his dear old mum and took the dog for a walk and Also shit. waited outside for the dad to leave. Yeah, knowing that there were no threat there. Took out the, took out the biggest threat. That was another recommendation from Rachel Davis. <laughs> oh, right, yes. From Worcestershire. <laughs> you so, made a laugh with that laugh. Thank you, Rachel. I hope you enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. So it's not a it's not a massive case, but no, it's the brutality. It's fucking horrific. I'm not sure I understand. Sorry, that was my Apple Watch. <laughs> so, um, I'll go on to my case, which is Babes in the Woods. You know this anyway, don't you? No. Okay. Why are you staring at me? Because I don't believe you, babe. Do you know how many fucking murders there is out there? You expect me to fucking know every single one? Well, I tell you what. Just because I've listened to podcasts. I think it's a bit more than a podcast, and for you not to know a case, the one I was going to do, you knew. Yeah, but that's quite a famous one. Anyway, so, babes in the woods. Let me put my brew down. So, Nicola Follows and Karen Effaway were both nine years old, and they lived in Molescombe in Brighton. On the 9th of October 1986, they were both murdered. They lived on the Molescombe estate, and they basically lived three doors away from each other. Both their parents um, were really good friends, which meant that them two spent quite a lot of time together. So on this particular day, they got home from school. It was about half past three. Nicola goes straight up to her bedroom to get changed. And then there's a knock at door. So when she answers it, it is 20-year-old Russell Bishop. 16-year-old Marion Stevenson and also an unknown acquaintance. They basically were asking if they could speak to Dougie, who lived at Nicola's house as a lodger at the time. Nicola tells them that they're not in, and then she slams the door. Now, this Russell has got a bit of a shitty reputation. He wasn't very well liked. He was 20 years old. He were a roofer. He were a bit of a bum. He was a petty criminal. He would steal cars and a bit of a small-time drug dealer. So... Bit of a little bastard. Yeah, not many people liked him. He was also known to have an interest in younger girls. Both Karen and Nicola's mum had basically drilled it into these two that he wasn't a very nice person and to stay away from him um, and never sort of be alone with him. So that's why she slammed door on him. Now, Russell lived in a flat with his girlfriend, Jenny, and they had a one-year-old baby and Jenny was also pregnant with their second. Nicola knew this, but she also knew that he was sleeping with a 16-year-old Marion. This sounds like some Jezekiel shit. When she, when Nicola slammed door, she actually calls this Marion a slag because obviously she knows that Russell's got a missus at home with a baby. After this, Russell says that he'd gone off to buy some drugs and steal a car, as you do. At about half past four, Nicola went out onto the street with other kids including Karen. Them two decided to go off alone and they were still on the street at this point. It were about five o'clock that Nicola's mum, Susan, last saw them and they basically were on the street out front with a pair of roller boots. Now that would be the last time that she sees her alive. Opposite where girls lived on this estate, there were a big park called Wild Park and to get to it, you basically had to cross either a really, really busy road or go like in... A subway tunnel thing yeah apparently both girls knew they weren't allowed to go there 
but this night, this day, kids are kids. They decided to go. There were a policeman that actually said that he saw them at about quarter past five, and they were playing in a tree. He says he remembers vividly speaking to him and asking him to get down because they were going to hurt themselves. <laughs> now this is the last concrete sighting of the girls. There are there is some reports of other sightings, but nothing were ever confirmed. Um, they were pretty certain that they saw the girls outside a fish shop at about quarter to six. And then about half an hour later, outside another shop. But they can't 100% say it were them. But that uh, that must be the problem because obviously people are trying the best to help. And... But technology, it were 1986. Yeah. So. And you get a lot of people, are, oh, I've seen, oh, we had it with his dog. We had it with his dog two weeks ago. Yeah. Didn't wait. People were trying to help. So I bet that's just on a even bigger. As your child, yeah. yeah. People trying to help, but by the time we'd got there, or they'd seen this post that someone else had posted, so they were telling us mm. it was half an hour ago, and we we did lose so much valuable time, didn't we? Yeah. So anyway, they can't be hundred percent sure that these sightings were them. Both the girls' mums started to get worried um, when it started getting to around bedtime. They'd not come back for the tea, but they kind of just thought they've obviously got carried away. They're going to get a bollocking when they get in. Yeah, sort of thing. But then when it started getting towards bedtime, it was reported that both were really scared at dark, so there's no way that they'd have stayed out on their own accord. So the rink police, who straight away started this massive search, um. It goes on for nearly 24 hours. There were around 200 police officers and volunteers that helped. This is a bit of a side note. On the night that they went missing, Karen's dad um, were actually working away and he didn't know anything about his daughter going missing until the next morning because one mobile phones back then, it were pay yeah, phones. And yeah. So when he rang home next morning, obviously his wife told him and because he were on a two-man job, he couldn't just turn around either. So his friend basically dropped him off at nearest police station. He went in, explained. They then drove him. Um, but, you know, whilst he were in the car, he hears this broadcast being radioed saying that they found the girls alive. Right. So, obviously, he's crying. He's proper emotional. Police officer's like, oh, thank God for that. Then another announcement saying, sorry, we've made a mistake. The girls are dead. Wow. That's how he found out his daughter were dead. Poor One blood. minute he thought... Thank God for that. Everything's all right. Yeah. Just imagine, that, that's fucking horrific. That were a side note. Sorry, I'm just moving on my chair. Making loads of noise. Um, so like I say, this massive search is going on. And in this search was Russell Bishop, obviously. I explained he were a bit of a dick. Not many people liked him. He also were, he were a bit of a bully bullshitter. And he basically had, he had a dog that he convinced everybody was a trained search dog. So he basically put himself right at centre of this search. Police basically said it, 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 it was really strange. Um, everywhere the sort of turned, he was there. And it was a bit odd. But it sort of brushed off until he then made a comment later which the police thought were really odd and he basically said to him oh, i'm going to stop helping now because if i'm one to find girls 
it's going to make me look guilty. So he just stopped. Right, and why, why would that be? On the afternoon of the 10th of October, unfortunately, the girls' bodies were found. And they were found by two teenage boys who were helping with his search. And they basically were found in this really overgrown wooded area. And I'll put this out there now, those two boys 100% had nothing to do with these girls. Um, Unfortunate for them as well. Yeah, they were 19. Mm. So that'll have stayed with them forever. Um, So basically what they decided to do is they they decided to go search all these little dens that, you know, all local kids had met. And they obviously come across um, sighting of like a pink jumper. The sort of new straight away because that's what she'd been described as wearing. So he decides one of boys go and get a police officer. He finds first officer and obviously he stood talking to fucking Russell. Now this police officer was an older gentleman and he walked with a stick. Pretty sure it would time to retire, but anyway, <laughs> he um, he actually said to Russell, "You go follow that boy and make sure nobody gets." Um, Make sure nobody comes into contact with them bodies and nobody touches anything. Wow. As a police officer, why would you send somebody else? He he must have gained the trust. So? The the must have, like you said, must have thought, oh, he's a bit of a weirdo, but he's He's trying to help. Yeah. Yeah. So, at about 20 past four in the afternoon, Carl went into the crime unit and... They come in to seal everything off. Now, another side note, Russell actually told people later on that he actually went over to the girls to feel for a pulse, even though that police officer had told him not to, and even though both them boys said that Russell went nowhere near them bodies. Right. Right? But he decided to tell people he did. The girls' bodies showed, quite obviously, that they had both been quite savagely raped and strangled to death so usually when you get a crime scene like this forensics do a temperature reading and apparently this is then used to help estimate a time of death but for whatever reason that didn't happen right there were quite a few little things that the police didn't do that they should have done could they have done that in 1980s were that available yeah right okay yeah um, but there's another, there's a bit further on down the line with the jumper, like it ended up not being able to be used due to cross-contamination of too many, just things handled in a different way to what they are now, um, which obviously it puts a massive fucking strain on proving who yeah. committed a crime. By just little fuck-ups. Yeah. It was worked out that they believe, the police believe that the girls were killed between eight and nine. Now, I couldn't find how they came across this time because they didn't do the temperature. But this is what they tried to use in car, which, again, I'll tell you a bit about. So, Russell actually were taken in for question, questioning. A witness saw him in that park at about half past six. Now, he was supposed to also be meeting his 16-year-old girlfriend, Marion, at about seven-ish, but he failed to show. Right. Now, his reason for that was I decided to go buy some weed and chill out instead. He didn't really have an alibi. Russell was questioned by lead detective Phil Swan 
and he said it was pretty obvious straight away that Russell were lying. From the minute that he sat down in that room, he just fucking lied. His story kept changing, he'd contradict himself, he'd backtrack answers. So not even a good liar? No. He told police that he were in local news agents at the time, and then it can't have been me because I, I were in news agents, but news bloke who owns news agents and knows Russell were like, no, he definitely wanted an ear. So there were nothing. Then again, with the girls, I tried to feel a pulse, but he'd not felt for a You know, there were two boys saying, no, he didn't. Police asked him not to, but yet he told everybody. And when they asked him why he did that, he said that I just wanted to look like an hero. He knew some details that he probably shouldn't have known, like what they looked like, how they were laid, and the fact that Nicola had blood splattered on her lip. Yeah, but... Like, he, sh- he wouldn't have seen that, though. With how far he didn't go, these witnesses showed the police where he stood. Yeah, yeah. And he would not have been able yeah. to see things like that. Yeah. Obviously, police went and questioned his girlfriend... She told him that he didn't come home till about 11 o'clock that night. She'd been working, so they had a babysitter looking after the baby. When she got home from work, he still wasn't home. He got in, it were about 11, and he put all his clothes in washer. He told her that he'd fallen in some dog shit, and they needed washing. He'd fallen in some dog shit. Yeah, that were his genuine reason to put his clothes in washer. So she's just like, right, okay. Now, eventually... The police had to let Russell go because they didn't actually have any evidence to say, you've done this. They approached his 16-year-old girlfriend, Marion. It sounds wrong calling her his girlfriend. But they basically, again, going on failings, they approached his 16-year-old girl and basically said, can we get you to wear a wire and sort of go along with everything, have sex with him as normal we need you to get a confession out of him. Which I thought were really fucking strange because she's a young girl. Mm-hmm. And how the fuck is she going to have sex with somebody with a wire on without him noticing it? Which Russ, Russell noticed straight away. She agreed. Oh, she agreed. She agreed and he noticed it straight away. So that well, that fucked. So <laughs> um, he's a shit liar and she's a shit actress. Yep. And these police aren't much cop, it sounds a bit. So... I think it goes to a few weeks later. Like I said, this timeline, really, the first timeline anyway, isn't very clear. But they bring Russell back in for questioning because somebody, a stranger that were walking through park, um, found a blue jumper and it was found close to where the girls' bodies were found. So, obviously, the police took it in case it were any relevance, which it actually was... The police believe this jumper belonged to Russell. Right. So they go round to Russell's house. Jenny is Mrs. Anson's door. And the first thing she actually said was, oh, you've brought his jumper back, I see. So at that, pl- at that point, it was confirmed to the police that it definitely were his jumper. After speaking to Jenny, and they basically had asked her, you know, how, how do you know it's his? She basically said, well, if it's his, there's a little red stain on sleeve from when he was doing work on his car. Lo and behold... There is. It is, and it's his jumper. So Russell is taken back in for questioning, and it's going to be all about this jumper. The forensics are obviously trying to tie this jumper to the crime scene, which we, they do using ivy spores that were found. Yeah. Now, Russell completely denies that this is even his. 
Um, but he's arrested and he's charged with murder. Yeah. They obviously think they've got enough. Everyone that knew Russell said that he, he wore obviously this dodgy character, which I've said time again. But one of his friends, well, former friends, actually said he was a compulsive liar with little man syndrome, and that's why he would bullshit and lie to make himself sound better than what he was. Yeah. Uh, and he wasn't even very good at it. No. Um, obviously, he was also known for his interest in younger girls. And I don't know what, at this point, I can't even say to you that the police have got any concrete DNA evidence. There's, it baffles me how they got this to go to court. It be- maybe were a little bit easier back yeah, in I suppose You didn't have to tick as many boxes, maybe. Yeah. So, Russell's trial actually started in the November of 1987. And this was like a year after the girls had been murdered. It was very obvious, really early on, that he was going to get acquitted. Because, like I've just said, they didn't really have anything. Everything just went wrong. The detective... Um, that first question him, the lead detective Phil Swan, he were going to be main witness character. He were going to be the main witness um, for for them. And just before his trial, he ended up getting suspended from work just for something stupid like fucking falsely claiming 23 quid in expenses. Right. So he got suspended, meaning he wasn't allowed to stand trial. Now, Phil Swan has later come out, which there's videos on, suggesting that he thinks there was a lot of covering up in some sort of pedo ring within the police force with this case. Allegedly. Allegedly. Because um, there were a lot of rumours that a lot of the police officers had a lot of videos that came from Russell and vice versa. Do you know what I mean? So he kind of thinks that this whole getting suspended so he couldn't stand trial was part of a we can't uncover this other thing. Yeah. Um alleged, like you said, we don't want we don't want to get into trouble. So it meant that, that their key witness were gone. Mm-hmm. They had nothing and they couldn't find absolutely nothing. They could not the trial just fell apart and it was said that it wasn't even, at the very, very least, it was circumstantial, but they had nothing. Well, like you said, they've got his jumper, but A's jumper is not at the scene. It's a bit away from the scene. It wasn't preserved properly, so they blew it out as contaminated. It was just... B, it's not like there's any blood on her. her C, he could just say, yeah, that was my jumper, but someone nicked it. So, by this point, the kind of last hope was Jenny. She'd obviously said to the police, no, she'd done her first statement, it didn't get back till 11. But then she took stand and completely fucking lied. And we're like, no, we were at home. Which threw him. And he, were, he basically were acquitted. Um, the judge said that before the jury went off to obviously deliberate, that you have to be 100% sure that this guy did this, otherwise we can't charge him. And the fact is, you can't. You can't. That's somebody's life. And Mm. when you don't have the DNA evidence that we have now and the forensics that we have now, it must have been so much harder. So, on the 10th of December, 87, he was found not guilty. 
and Russell Bishop basically started celebrating in courtroom, jumping about, went outside, spoke to the press and started bragging that he knows laws on double, double jeopardy in our country and no what, matter what new evidence comes to light, he's never going to be charged for this crime again. But he did get charged for something very, very similar. In December 1990, a young girl, nine-year-old girl, is kidnapped near Brighton and she's driven miles away. She's raped and she's strangled and left for dead. Luckily, she was found, which meant that she could identify her attacker. Also, she was still found alive. Yes. No, she was barely, but the man, yeah, yeah, she survived. And that meant, obviously, she could ID who did this. And it was none other than Russell Bishop. He couldn't deny this one. Went to trial. He was given 14 years. Fucking got you this time. Right. Now, he was rejected for appeal twice. And he ended up actually serving longer than his 14 years. Then... In 2005, our laws on double jeopardy changed, meaning that any new evidence had to be taken to the Court of Appeals. Obviously, since this first happened in 86, DNA and forensics, like we just said, has come on massively. And Nicola and Karen's mums have been fighting for that jumper to be retested for years and years. And finally, in 2012, they agreed that they were allowed to do it. So it's retested and they end up finding DNA evidence that 100% links Russell to him and to the girls. So the Court of Appeals agree to retry him. And in 2016, he's re-arrested. This is whilst he's still serving his previous... So, they found the girl's DNA on this jumper? On this jumper, yeah. Why did he leave it? Don't know. How strange. Maybe maybe someone came and he panicked. Ran off. We don't... I don't actually know maybe the answer to that, but... the girls fought back and... It had come off in a struggle. Yeah. You don't know, do you? No. But, yeah. So, this, this jumper turned out to contain the DNA that they actually needed. So, he was re-arrested and a new trial was set to start on the 15th of October 2018. All this new DNA basically had him bite bollocks and he couldn't deny it, he couldn't get out of it. The prosecution decided that they weren't going to make the same mistakes twice, so they went in with this solid timeline that had an argument for every story that he spouted. Um, They just knew what he was like from previously. At this point... Is 52 year old and he decided to take the stand on the 23rd of November and of course it was all about I'm the victim Um I've lived this with this for the last however many years me, I've me, always me, been, me, me. yeah he actually sat up there and started blaming Barry Fallows Nicola's dad another side note quite a few to this case Um the reason he tried to blame him was in because in 2009, Barry was actually arrested alongside his friend Dougie, you remember mm-hmm. who lived with him at the time, on suspicion of rape and conspiracy to rape Nicola. 
Um, apparently, the these rumours of though them two raping Nicola had been circulating for years and years, and for whatever reason, the police decided to look into it. Right. When I've had a look, there's actually not much information about it, but what you can see is Barry publicly saying it's bullshit, and they actually were released without any charges after 12 weeks, it was closed. So... That's why Russell decided to just try and blame her own dad. Yeah. But anyway, he actually only lasted an hour and a half on stand before he just sat there and refused to answer any more questions, saying, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. When he Cuss, was... Cussing nose is fucking... Knock if you can't go, but, mate. Yeah, you, you've got nothing. When being questioned about the rape in 1990, he said that the only reason he did it was to shame and belittle her. And he's not a paedophile. So when they said, well, what's your definition of a paedophile? And he said, somebody who believes they are not doing anything anything wrong. My case doesn't fall under that bracket. Because you know you're doing wrong and you're doing it anyway. Yeah, so that makes it okay. Mm. And he's not a paedophile. Now, it was really, really frustrating this case. Because obviously the police knew who did it all them years ago. But they physically couldn't tie anything to him. Yeah. Um, meaning that they just had zero case. And the thing is, the the prob some of these coppers, they're probably like you know ninety percent, ninety six percent knew it were him, but they just couldn't tie Can't into do it. it. Yeah. yeah. We watch enough police documentaries, and a lot of them say it's a copper's nose. Yeah. You sort of just know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it actually took thirty two years for him to get justice but finally um he was found guilty and he is currently in hmp frankland in county durham and he was told in october of this year that he only has weeks left to live because he has got cancer of the brain what goes around comes around yeah then even more recently in may this year you remember his missus Jenny? Yeah. Jenny. She was actually found guilty of perjury and preventing the course of justice and she was sentenced to six years in prison. She admitted lying but claimed that she was scared of him. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately for her, they had a lot of letters that had been sent back and forth between them when he'd been sent to prison for the other. Yeah. Um, rape and try, yeah, attempt murder, and basically saying that she loves him and she will never leave him, and no matter what, they'll, they'll always be together. So they basically wanted to make an example of her, and the judge said that these families have had to live with knowing that the person that killed their daughters have got away with it, and you helped that for 32 years. So they basically made... An example of her, and she's currently at at HMP Bronzefield, and that is Britain's highest security prison for women. She'll be out soon, though, won't she? No, she was sentenced this year. Oh, this year? This year. Right. Well. Yeah. May 2020. 20, oh, no, 20, last year. 2020, not 2021. Right. So it was yeah. May last year. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, still. You just get all years mixed up now because of COVID. You don't even... I keep seeing that fucking meme on Facebook. You know, 
people saying, oh, I can't, I can't believe 2022 is just round corner. Like, fuck off, mate. I've not processed 2019, yeah. 2020, all this fucking year. So it's been a blur. Um, so, yeah, that's Babes in the Woods and Russell fucking Bishop. What a cunt. Yep. Russell Bishop, I hope you rot. Well, he's dying. He's only got weeks to live, apparently. That was this year, though. He got told that in October of this year. So, I hope you've enjoyed episode 25. It's been a blast so far. Um, really quickly as well, another side note. Me and Phil were talking before because we've sort of noticed as episodes are getting shorter and shorter, aren't I don't, we? I don't, I don't think they're getting shorter and shorter. I think we are, We're averaging about half hour, aren't we? 35 yeah, like minutes. 35, 45 minutes, I think. Yeah. But do people prefer, is that, do people prefer that? We need to know. It is up. Yeah. Please. And it all determines how much information there is on the case. Yeah, we have done some cases, there's absolutely shitloads out there, but then you come to another that if it's. The, it's you, just can't, you just can't be helped. No. There is what there is. So it makes it shorter, doesn't but it? But we would like to know if you prefer the shorter ones or the longer ones. But like you said, some of ours, it, depend, it does depend on the case, because if there's loads of info or if there's multiple murders yeah then obviously there's more to tell but if it's a single event yeah it's a bit harder but just let us know please also um before we log off as new logo yay nay yay or nay let us know please we did ask a a few close supporters didn't we <laughs> sent them a few to choose from um so thank you for you that did help but yeah please let us know what you think we're going to head off and see what our kids are doing now. Yeah, so we'll see you in a few weeks. We'll see you soon. Love you. Bye.